day, everyone. Welcome to Crom Count the Podcast. I'm Phil. I'm PJ. And uh, we're here to talk to you about all of the nerd things we like to do. And uh, specifically today, we're going to be talking about being a GM, a game master, and why you really shouldn't ever be scared to do it. Excellent. So I think first off, then Phil, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be a GM to you? What does it mean to what, be a GM? Pick your, let's pick your brain grapes. Let's just massage those nice peeled white brain grapes and see what's going on in there. Okay. Fire those synapses. Okay, well. Synapses? Synapses? Syn I don't know. Synapsize. Synapses. Mm, probably. Uh, the, what was the question? The question was, what does being a GM mean to you? What oh. does it mean to be the game master? Okay, so being a game master to me more or less is just being general referee for the day. I get to being back there behind, uh, behind the table versus all the other players in the game. Uh, I get to basically just kind of like make, make the grand decisions when regular decisions don't apply. Because sometimes, you know, you have weird things that come up that are very unexpected that nobody knows how to deal with. And so you get to make a judgment call, which is great because then nobody gets bought. No one else gets bogged down with that. And also I get to control story. And I like telling stories. That's one of my things that I, I get the kick if I get out of G, being a GM. What about you, PJ? Well, I'm going to start with something you said that I thought was interesting. And I'm going to say that your uh, OSR is showing. Uh, when you say referee, I always actually prefer the term judge or referee mm -hmm. to GM or, or dungeon master if we're talking about the world's most popular role-playing game. Because mm -hmm. we can't say the actual name of it, Wizards of the Coast. So, <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah, uh, uh, the, the advantage, I think, of using things like judge or referee, it sets the tone for the person that is running the game of impartiality. Right, and that's the key. Uh, things that I think this could this could go into what makes bad DMing, right? I think we should pick that apart right yeah. after this too, right? So for me, what makes a good DM? Uh, uh, cons uh, rulings over rules, mm -hmm. right? Rulings over rules is super important. I always I always go back to something that my Alec, my friend Alex Harms does the 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 uh, DM's DM as it were, mm -hmm. right? The judge's judge. Uh, he uh, he always talks about the rule of cool. Right, and the rule of cool is exactly how it sounds, and it's something that I try to strive by. Like, okay, sure, is it in the rules all the time in any game that you can, you know, slide down the banister or jump on top of the chandelier, or swing across to the other balcony, and then sword fight a guy? Okay, no. And yes, those roles should be difficult, but isn't it more provocative storytelling wise? Doesn't it build mm -hmm. more towards that story if we allow the character to do it? Right. And so I think that that's a big part of it is rulings. So the rules might not be there or the rules might be contradictory to what you want to do, but the judge is just there to make it so the, that the actualization of player desires happens in a world of consistent law. I think of um, oh the uh, uh, Leibniz mm -hmm. in the monodologies as it's the best of all possible worlds, right? Because it's that one which max, we exist in the world which maximizes order and variety. And I think that that's a good balance mm -hmm. for a game master or judge referee is that that's what you're looking for, right? You need a consistency, mm -hmm. right? So when you, when you rule, yeah, you can do it and this is the role for it, 
that always has to be the role for it for that similar circumstance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not being fair. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you want that variety, right? So there's the order piece, the physics behind the the fantasy physics behind right. the world. Yeah. But you need to allow that variety. Otherwise, no one's really having fun. It is mm-hmm. a, a game of imagination after all. Yeah, it's all theater of the mind and making your way uh, however you can. And yeah, the whole making sure that like you're keeping rules consistent and that is a real helpful thing and that. And one of the things that like can scare a lot of people into not wanting to be like a GM or that that standpoint of yeah, a judge or referee um, is the fact that like, well, I don't know all the rules. Nobody knows all the rules all the time. It's a real rough, it's, it's a rough game. It's like sometimes there's a point when it's like, let's check the book for that because I think there's something on that because I don't totally know how to deal with the circumstance. And that, that can come into play where it's like, let's check the book and see what the book has to say first. And then it's like, well, I don't like the way that goes. We're going to make it this way for this game for the rest of forever, which is a helpful thing. But you don't, you, the fear is that I know of um, is being bogged down by rules. Don't be. It's it. If you start living in the, the fear of like, oh, I'm gonna get a rule wrong. Well, most likely your players will be like, you know, okay, we'll go by what you're going with, and instead of fighting you, there are those that are the way we always put it, the rules lawyers of the world who will step down and say, you know, actually, this is what the book says. You being the GM, gladly stepping your foot down to me. Um, but on the big hit your hand and say, nope, this is the way we're going to play this rest forever in this game. Because I choose to today. And you know who are the worst rules lawyers, too? Mm-hmm. Guys the GM. Yeah. And ladies, I should say. People. And, and non-binary gender <laughs> individuals. <laughs> that GM. That GM. <laughs> right? These, these are the... <clears throat> We're the worst. And I speak of this. I mean, you run a game where I play in. I'm the worst rules lawyer at that table, <laughs> right? I'm the worst one. And it, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's the being able to step back and let go right. is hard when you DM so much or GM or referee judge or whatever or the storyteller if we're talking World of Darkness. Um, and that's a big part of it. It's hard to step back and let that go. Now, the difference, I think, between you and I, and I think it's it's coming from when we got in, yep. right? Which yeah. maybe that should be a conversation here later in this if we have yeah. time, like when yeah. we got into the game and why. Um, <clears throat> I think is, uh, uh, whereas you said, I'll look it up and then see if I want to change it, right? When you're mm-hmm. on the fly. I will only do that with a spell. Oh, yeah. I'll do that with a spell. Like if a player casts, you know, shocking grasp, and I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how that works because we're playing Dungeon Crawl Classics. Right. Right, and I'm like, oh, how does that work in... In dungeon in DCC, um, you know, then I'll look it up. Um, and DCC was probably a terrible example because it just has that awesome chart for every spell, and uh-huh. it's just about how you roll because their mm-hmm. Goodman games is great, and I'm all up in their biz. Yep. And uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but whereas if it's not like a spell, I'll just make a ruling on the spot and stick with it mm-hmm. ad infinitum. I, I'm not going to turn to the book because I'd rather not stop play. I'd rather not be like, oh, let me go and like look this up. At that point, I'm just going to say, all right, well, then you do this. Mm-hmm. Right? That happens, sweet, roll this, and then write it down. The, some of the best advice I can give for people that are afraid of DMing is note cards. Yeah. Carry note cards and write down a circumstance. And you don't need to be super specific. Like You don't need to be like, this exact character did this exact thing at this exact time, and I made this ruling. But give the, give the, the long and short of it, right? Like... 
rolling down about you know sliding down the banister make this kind of roll dc this mm-hmm. and they'll have that and you'll be able to reference though we can talk about other uses in a different podcast of those note cards yeah and how it can aid you in being a little bit more flexible yeah and another thing that can also be relatively scary is since you have control over the story and that that maximum amount of power is grafting your game accordingly and trying to and like when we talk about the storyteller, you you are the grand storyteller and trying to uh, tell your members of your party basically what's going on in the world and helping them try to under like helping them understand their characters, lives in the world, and giving them circumstance, whether it's purpose or places or you do something that's more story story driven or you do something that's like a hex crawl and that. Which uh, both of those have their own merits to them whereas a hex crawl has you have story in places whereas you if you just do a straight storytell driven thing that's written straight front to back of like well you're gonna start here you're gonna these are the grand places in your list of places you are going to go um inadvertently uh while there's still a larger world that a world at large that you could go visit there's also all the story stuff that's specifically keynoted for your adventure the hex crawl does have that counterbalance of you can go there and a thing will happen there and it might be an overwhelming story arc of something that could inflect another part of the world it could be something that's just to hear it's like walking into a burning village and saving a bunch of people and then walking out of that and some people know not everybody knows and what could happen then is someone could see you walking away from this burning village, even though you were trying to save people, and condemn you for setting the the village on fire. So you've got this um, unique thing of storytelling. So you have that power, and that can be kind of scary and overwhelming, because having that much power is ridiculous. Um, just because like people are afraid of like, well, I don't think my story is going to be very good, and that you don't know till you shoot and give it a shot. Because sometimes you don't know totally how your story is going to like envelop, and story building is a whole other whole other long topic to talk about anyway. But yeah, definitely, it's <laughs> definitely another it, podcast. It's a long, it's a long game. Um, <clears throat> but you know, yeah, it's trying to have faith in your own story, and if you believe in your story, your characters will believe in their story, your people, your your players will, and being able to guide them uh, in one way or another, however you're deciding to play your game. Uh, yeah, that can be over a little bit daunting uh, at times, but uh, you never you don't need to start off with writing your own stuff. It, that's not a necessity. I mean, there's plenty of things out there that are pre-written that you can read from and learn from because they're a good learning source. Right. They show you a decent way how to lay out a story, give you a bit of canon that you can ride through and go step by step and give you milestones to hit. As a corollary to that, mm-hmm. though, don't feel... Uh, for you new G- GMs mm-hmm. out there, don't feel that you need to rigorously stick to the source material. Right. So I think about we're playing, um, oh, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen? Yep. That's what we're playing right now. There's a character called Lausen, right? Or as we all call um, him, John Stamos. John Stamos. Because <laughs> um, he was described as looking like John Stamos. Go, and we're very creative. Uh, so, but yeah, so I mean, John Stamos, but for all intents and purposes, he's John Stamos. There comes a point where you need to accept that it's okay to just make shit up 
Mm-hmm. Right. And part of that, uh, which is something I was telling my wife when she was doing uh, Degora's Dungeon, mm-hmm. uh, the DCC version, not the 4E version, um, which where I told her, you know, don't tell us that don't apologize at the table. Don't in in no way let the players know that you don't know what you're doing because they don't know. Unless they've read that exact adventure or run it themselves, they actually have no idea that you're going off book or that mm-hmm. something didn't go as it's spelled out. It's exactly like when you play in a, you know, an ensemble when you were in mm-hmm. school. No one knows that you missed that note but you and the band director and like right. maybe the other musicians. No one else is going to know. The audience has no idea. Nope. As far as they're concerned, that's exactly how it was going to supposed to go. And de- you know, being a, a judge or mm-hmm. referee is the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You, there's there are plenty of yeah there are plenty of ways to kind of uh, go about that uh, with you know like yeah you might have done something s- silly or something incidentally you'd done one time you're like that wasn't what I was supposed to do there that's fine you're the only one who knows it's a comfortable zone <laughs> and it's a very uncomfortable thing to know that like oh crap what am I supposed to do now um this and one of the things that like helps when you're uh when you're being a gm and that is having a little bit of that because you're because your your players will do this to you uh having that bit of improv that you can run off of whether whether or not it's improving a a role-playing session or it's improving um a possible battle scenario both are applicable now it's nice to have some things preloaded and say like okay so these are my characters. These are their levels. This is what kind of challenges I want to give them. But you don't need to have all that 100% planned out. It's it's one of those things of working on the fly sometimes grants you some of the more interesting moments in the game and also create epic moments in the game where something could have been overcome that originally couldn't have been overcome unless someone had decided to do a thing. Can you give, a, can you give an example? Well, um... <clears throat> So uh, one time, PJ, you and I were talking about like um, this uh, a simple fact of like when you when you walk into a dungeon and some and like the person who is GMing describes there's a well in the middle of it. Okay. A lot of the time anymore, somebody won't go. I don't need to go to the well. Versus older players who have been doing a lot of like doing a lot of the older older game sets where they're like, you know what, I should probably drink from the well because something ridiculous is going to happen. Now. Uh, one of the strange moments is when, like, okay, so we were doing the Minds of Fandelver, and one of the most interesting moments was probably the way that the party came in to the room uh, for uh, the glass, uh, for, uh, was it Glass Staff? I think it's who it was. Was it Glass Staff, or was it, um, oh gosh, I can't remember what the main villain of that part of that adventure was, but uh, the guy with the spider staff. In the spider room. So, uh, oh, yeah, I yeah, owned him. Yeah. yeah. Um, when everybody came in, they came in through a way that was unprecedented and they were pre- slightly prepared in a different way. And being the group of what started out as three people turned into six people in a matter of about two game sessions, everything had to change. <laughs> everything had to change quickly. And so for me, um, one of the major changes was. And this is definitely an off-book moment of, like, originally there were only two spiders in the room, but I popped in another three. 
they're low level spiders, they're not a big challenge rating to someone who's level two or level three or a group that's level two or level three, but to a group of level ones, it's a pain in the butt. And then all of a sudden, when a small gnome decides to throw, a f just burst into a fireball in the middle of a playing field, you know, by accident, you know, there ends up being this sudden change in tide. And some of those like GM call moments of like, okay, let me first expand the game a little bit because what's written here isn't made for six people <laughs> um, or seven people. And then let's, you know, try to do some other things. Because one of the things we discussed was like for, and this is a game mechanic we kind of threw into my game, was for Biscuits, every time he casts a spell, regardless if it was cantrip or otherwise, he rolls for wild magic. Let's uh, real quick uh, hit, <clears throat> hit the pause button. Because, yeah, this episode right now is probably only going to be listened to by people we know, maybe. Right. Right. Let's hope that eventually there's an audience for this. Yeah. Okay. Who is Biscuits? We're just naming people. Sorry. What? Who or what is is Biscuits? So, the small gnome Biscuits that uh, is played by PJ uh, in this game that, I have, that I'm currently running. Um, in the list of them... Uh, he is a sorcerer baker who uh, is a baker first and sorcerer second. A sorcerer is who he is. It is not what defines him. <laughs> That's right. Um, and in in the, the ideas of the game and the path of sorcery that he's taken, um, he uses wild magic as a base part of his character. Uh, and one of, the, one of the neat tropes of using wild magic is it causes some crazy things to happen sometimes. And so, uh, in using low-level spells, uh, Biscuits, oddly enough, invokes some wild magic by accident. So, in this case, uh, a, from him, a fireball appeared. So, oh, yeah. so in the middle of in the middle of this dark room with a bunch of spiders around, um, a fireball envelops both himself, um, his half-orc friend. Jelenor, um, and a couple other party members, um, as a woof happens from from Biscuits, who has no idea what has gone on, and so like there's this really funny moment that appeared in a game by complete accident. That you know was an epic moment for the rest of us, because being a level one character and all of a sudden bursting into a fireball doesn't happen. And that happened off of a cantrip. And that happened which, off a cantrip. Yeah, rule is written. Right, shouldn't happen, but mm -hmm. that added so much flavor. It made biscuits usage of wild magic right. so much more loose cannon mm -hmm. you know like it really shows that when that the statement of oh, that's just who he is it's not what defines him like very true yep. it isn't what defines him because he clearly has very little control right. over it and so like that mean that's one of those things of like for me as the as the as the referee in this case when we sat and we discussed that one day of trying to figure out hey so wild magic's written like this but it says at DM discretion or whatever it says in the book. And it's like, you know what? Let's make it really zesty. And every time a spell is cast by this character and you know, it gives, it gives both everyone an unexpected thing that can happen. And like in a recent game, <laughs> probably the funniest thing that we were all hoping would happen finally happened when using a little bit of mage hand, all of a sudden a unicorn appeared. And so that's one of those funny things that can just happen. And that's not one of those 
uh, major things that's planned for. And that's one of those beautiful moments of what we do with our theater of the mind. And we hope that like with like your GMing, whether you're starting out or going going deeper in, you know, you can pick your own path and how you want to run your game. And it's just making sure that your players and you both understand the rules laid out before you. And if there's any discussion, you know, feel free to have discussion. Because sometimes it is a conversation. Like, yeah, the ruling over rule is a big thing. How you rule as the GM is dictated by some of the rules you know, some of the rules you've grown as a player with, and also the things that which you want to use. And so it, it can give you that, like you have that grand sense of power, and what you do, you have a lot of power in this game, regardless of what game it might be. Uh, but you don't need to fear that power so much as wield it. Right, and it's a loose power too. It's mm -hmm. it's staggering, but it's loose because you shouldn't micromanage. The best thing that you can remind yourself is that you're not writing a novel. Right. right. So however you intend things to go, they probably won't, and that's okay. Just sow the seeds of your desired outcome. Um, final. Uh, how how are we doing on time? Eh, we're we're a couple minutes over twenty, but all right. So final thoughts. Then should we yeah. do final thoughts? Final thoughts. PJ, you lead off. All right. Final thoughts. Um, the best thing I can tell you, if you are the DM, is that uh, ah, see, we went final thoughts, and I just based on what my final thoughts were. It's okay. It's the hat. Uh, yeah, it is the hat. It's so the why fez. don't you? It's the fest. Yeah. Why don't you do your final thought first? Actually. Okay. So, uh, final thought. It. It's a jump in. Jump and go. Take it like. Take a, take an adventure, take an idea that you had, and just run. You don't have, yeah, you don't have to write a book. <laughs> you literally don't. You could have a loose idea at first. You could start off with, okay, so everyone's gonna start in X and go do X, or go do Y. Perfectly fine. Just kind of a get start. Once you get over that initial like, ah, it'll be fine. And that's GMing. Uh, final thoughts. Less is more. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't meticulously plan out everything. The players will do what you don't want them to anyway. It is easiest just to take a few notes about a few locations that they could possibly go and a few people they could possibly run into mm -hmm. and move from there. You'll improv the rest and you'd be surprised what you and the players will remember. Right. Well, that's uh, all from us. I'm Phil. I'm PJ. See you guys.